0: Folks, welcome back to Surprise Mechanics, the only podcast about video games. I'm your co-host, Roman Butel, and joining me, as always, is Michael Jones. Greetings, gamer. I see you. Greetings, gamer. I see you. How you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. How are you, Roman? I'm
0: great. Uh, I was thinking about how our last episode, we talked about how we are not going to be playing Activision games for the foreseeable future, Yes. and I was saying how uh, that seemed to be fine, and then I remembered that the upcoming Diablo 2 remake is technically Activision, and, well, not technically. 100 percent is Activision, and that is just my luck. That the one time I want to play an Activision game in like eight years, they have to go and show their entire ass.
1: Yeah, it's just a big, uh, big bummer for for a lot of things, right? A few right. games. I you mean, just this, have to kind this of, is
0: definitely the biggest one. I think we can agree is what I'm going through right now.
1: Yeah, I imagine there are other people out there who have, uh, hopefully, are you know a little bummed out they can't play or should not play. Uh, those games because there there were like a few big ones on the horizon and World of Warcraft is still kind of big so um, that is uh, either people just do not care or they you know hopefully have some self control and can just avoid giving the wrong people money
0: right well and the good news is at least in this case with Diablo 2 uh, Diablo 2 is out now actually and you can find it and play it and have fun with it so I will be fine And uh, anyone who is looking forward to it will also be fine, if you catch my drift, Michael. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I'm wearing my eye patch. (laughs) So we're back today doing another one of our super proprietary combo packs. Uh, This one is more like a triple pack, I suppose, because you're going to be talking about two games, right?
1: Yes, yes.
0: So today you're going to be talking about Back 4 Blood and Splitgate,
1: and I'm going to be talking about Slay the Spire. Excellent. Um, Yeah, you want to jump right in? Yeah, why don't you take it? Alright, well I'm going to start with Splitgate because I played that most recently. Uh, both of the games I'm talking about today are in public beta, which uh, honestly this is the first time I have ever really joined in on a, you know, an, a beta in gaming, so oh, that's I- kind of exciting.
0: I saw our friend Connor Twitch streaming Splitgate and I did not know what it was till right now.
1: Yes, so Splitgate is a uh it is an online multiplayer FPS and it has um it's roots built into the Halo multiplayer uh mixed with Portal. Um it is it is a Halo multiplayer deathmatch various game modes type game um and to add a little bit of spice into the formula. They've added the ability to create portals on certain surfaces that you can open, jump through, shoot through, close, all sorts of fun things. And I got to tell you, it does add kind of a flair to the game that is a little a little bit unique, a little bit fun. Um, this game gives me uh, a, a lot of memories of Quake 3 Arena because I didn't play a whole lot of Halo growing up. Um, I, I did, I did play quite a lot of Quake, though. And uh, every FPS arena shooter has its ties back to Quake 3 for sure. This game, no exception. It's a blast. It's really fun to play. It is very fun to play. It's very fast-paced. Um, it is you know, very reliant on Twitch reflexes, so you got to be quick. Um, but it is. Uh, there's a lot of variety within it. You don't just play Team Deathmatch or Deathmatch. There are a variety of game modes already built into the game. Um, and, and some of them are your typical like uh, f- you know flavor of uh, game modes. There's one called Team Oddball, which is essentially like moving King of the Hill. You pick up a ball, and you want to hold it for a period of time. That's why, how your points go up. If you die, you drop the ball. If the other team picks up the ball, then their points start to go up. Um, so, kind of see how like it's King of the Hill, but you're moving th- that ball around and uh, the fun part is that ball is a one-hit kill if you happen to use it against somebody so it's just very comical <laughs> to be to be running around in my case with a disco ball and uh, someone comes up to you to try to shoot you and you just f- bonk them in the head with, uh, with a disco ball and that counts as a kill um, but then there's also other things there's um, your typical team deathmatch and deathmatch modes and then uh, in addition to that there are modes like vip where one person is a very important person on both teams and the only way that you gain points is by uh taking out the vip all the other kills on the 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 playing field don't really matter to your score but of course they might help your team in the long run because um you know there's a lot of other players causing chaos so there's a lot of variety in the game modes and usually when you jump in and you play casual it will cycle through those like a playlist. Um, mm, and that's kind of cool. The, uh, the gunplay is really fun. There's a lot of interesting weapons, a lot of classics. You know, you have your battle rifle from Halo, an assault rifle, and then a carbine rifle, and then uh, classics like the rocket launcher return. Um, there's a baseball bat, which is really fun uh, for close quarters. Um, the rail gun is a personal favorite of mine, although I'm not that great with it yet. But it's it's a weapon you have to charge up, and then if you happen to have your sights hovering over another player at that particular moment when it finishes charging, then that is a one shot kill. But uh, it takes a moment to, to shoot, so you don't really get uh, any f- rapid fire out of the railgun. Um, there's an SMG. Um, it is kind of like you don't get a huge variety of weapons or things to work with but um the ones that you do have are just so effective so fun that uh you you don't really have to worry too much about wanting other types of tools during the course of the game it uh it does a good job of just being fun all the way through even when you're kind of like on a losing team or whatever, it's not very high stakes. Um, it, I've I, I haven't played ranked, so I mean maybe that's different. But again, this game kind of just feels like a fun arena shooter in the vein of you know Halo multiplayer or Quake Three Arena. Um, it is not a like super serious affair. You jump into a game, the game lasts less than ten minutes, and then you're on to the next. Chances are the people who are with you in that that group, whether it's your team or the opposing team. Have also moved on, and you have a whole new set of players.
0: And I want to add real quick, just from an outsider looking in, aesthetically, uh, this looks exactly like what you want this kind of game to look like.
1: Oh yeah, it's um, it's really bright and a lot of fun. Yeah, very colorful. the The maps are very fun to navigate. They're they're they take a little bit to get to used to, but like once you know where you're at, there are intricacies to those levels that are um fun that like just running around and it's easy to change up your your approach because there are a lot of pathways through and then once you add in portals everything changes uh, i've seen That's people so cool, yeah people make portals and like high panels um off the ground so they can kind of like hide in a little nook and then peek through the portal with their gun and snipe people. <laughs> I've like chased after players who have cleverly set portals so that when they run through the the, the one as it opens, they suddenly appeared behind me. Like, oh, <laughs> that was, that was a smart cool. play. Um, although personally, I have not used portals as often in this game and I have done just fine without them. Um, I think the one thing about the game... That is a bit of a gripe. um, And honestly, I don't think it's that big a deal, but it's just me personally, my opinion, um, as if it mattered, is uh, (laughs) that you have two buttons to open two portals. So you have one button to open, say, like your left portal and then your right portal, essentially. Um, And you cannot go through a portal until you've opened both uh likewise you have two buttons to close your portals again uh one or the other and um it, on paper i think that works really well um in action for me it it it's kind of it takes me a minute to think about it and and i think of fortnite as well when uh i'm thinking of the portal controls because um i honestly would do the same thing in fortnite where you know everything is about the battle royale and uh, shooting at each other, and then building stuff. And like the one thing that I did the least in Fortnite was the building stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And Splitgate, the thing I do the least is the portal stuff. I mean, I'll use other people's portals, and occasionally I'll use a portal myself because there's a lot of level design that is built around. Okay, you set a portal down here. And then one up there, and then boom, you're on the upper level. And sometimes there are like very clear advantages to using portals, like when you're running away with the oddball and you can't use your weapons. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, using portals is a huge benefit there because you'll just see people on the mini map like zoop from one spot to the next. And you're like, how did they go from here to there? Well, obviously, it's a portal. Right. Um, i just don't use it that often though because i'm I'm like running around it's very fast paced game running around like okay i got a left portal wait no and and now this portal and then i'll close them both hopefully and just kind of like it it goes like a little too fast for me right now to like really keep up with putting down portals and jumping through them and closing them but i will use everybody else's portals all day long and uh even without using my own, um, I have had some like really solid games where I'm just like leading the pack the entire time. So um, it is a neat addition to that arena shooter formula. And I I think it's really cool because it adds a whole new layer of complexity, especially when you're chasing after other players and they are using portals. But, uh, you know, I haven't found a need to use them myself just yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's definitely not mandatory to play the game if you're struggling to manage running around, staying alive, getting points for your team. And also opening and closing portals and just like thinking about like where should I place them? Because I think a lot of the time it's mostly like haphazard, chaotic, like, oh I'm gonna put one here and then there. Hopefully it'll work out. But maybe right. not. Who knows?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, it looks really fun. I'm gonna have to download it. Um I, I do have a question. I see that yes. it's free to play. Uh what is the monetization like in this bad boy?
1: I feel like this game is going to go for your typical fare of uh, games as a service type uh, mm-hmm. monetization. It has a battle pass. It has essentially loot boxes. Um, there are, you know, the standard progression pieces of daily challenges, weekly challenges, challenges for every single type of weapon in the game. Mm-hmm. And they all unlock cosmetics uh, from different skins, different types of. Uh, uh, like suits and um, sprays and player banners and so on. There's nothing there that appears to affect the game itself as far as this doesn't look like it will be paid to win by any means. Um, all of these extra add-ons that you unlock really are just cosmetic flair. Uh you might get like a skin for a gun or right, you know, something really inconsequential to the overall playing of the game. Uh, but then, you know, you might come across somebody with a, a really cool outfit and think, man, I wish I had that. Or, you know, they've been playing for a little bit. Maybe that's why they, you know, got me three times in a row. Right.
0: <laughs> oh, cool. I mean, and hopefully it stays that way. Um, you know, I, I've made this point a few times on the show. I The free-to-play monetization isn't an automatic deal-breaker for me, but it is something I'm always kind of considering.
1: Yeah, and I think that it is something that, you know, for this type of game, I really don't mind having that sitting there in the background. I probably am not going to partake very heavily in a battle pass or any, you know of that monetization just because like it's just (laughs) digital video game cosmetics right right (laughs) yeah but the game is fun and it's the kind of thing where i i see as like a good avenue to directly supporting that title as well because i believe on launch this game will continue to be free to play and uh actually beyond the beta um i think the popularity of the game currently has signaled to the development team that um, they're just going to keep the beta open until the game formally launches and all of the progression that players have made in the course of this beta will carry over to the launch so it's almost like the game is legitimately out right now right yeah what's the difference at a point (laughs) right And, and essentially like the beta will one day close and the game will launch but we're practically already there and as far as the, the game's condition goes in a beta um, it, it's it's pretty solid I haven't had any issues with it um, I, it, it runs very well and uh, I don't really think I've run into many ma- major issues I had like one little thing where I think it was me and not the game where like, I was like mashing my mouse button to try to like fire the gun and it just wouldn't happen and it always seemed to be like at the most inopportune moments where Um, my crosshair was like right over another player and they were running toward me shooting at me as well. And you're just like trying to dodge a, a flail of bullets while also your gun won't fire because for some reason your mouse isn't working (laughs) again. I think that's just me that that's, that's a me problem, not a game problem because other people I was playing with didn't have that issue, you know? Um, but, um, that was, I, I might just have to get a new mouse. I don't know. Um, but everything else is just very solid. It loads quick. it's it feels very well optimized and um, matchmaking is super fast. like getting into a game, playing that game, like if you if you wanted to play just one round, then I'm sure you could do that within 20 minutes or or maybe even 15, you know, depending on what game mode you get and how long that game is because like I think the longest timer for a match is about eight minutes from what I've seen. So it's, it's, a, it's a pretty fast experience, even when you're not in the game itself, which is great. I love just being able to jump in, not have to worry about too many loading screens and long wait times. So uh, that is a definite plus.
0: Absolutely. I was looking up this 1047 games, and it seems like this is their first game. I don't, I don't know anything about them. Um, You know, I don't know it, who they are, but, uh, you know, i feel like i'm willing to overlook monetization from something like this when it's the first game as opposed to like when call of duty does it you know what i mean right and, and to be fair this could be like straight up could be a bunch of like activision like veterans or whatever like i don't know i you know i don't want to go out on a line and say it is for sure but uh i don't know this kind of a game i think i could definitely get behind it seems fun
1: yeah it feels a bit more like an indie game I don't think there's like a lot of big money backing it so I don't think you're gonna like spend five bucks or whatever for a battle pass or a cosmetic item and it's gonna go to some like rich person who's like rubbing their fingers together thinking about all the the chaos they're sowing um, but, <laughs> but <laughs> thinking about the chaos, <laughs> I just
0: love sewing chaos, <laughs>
1: just just love it, just love it. Um, on Twitter, they, they actually have a, uh, a, a tweet from uh, two days ago where uh, apparently this game released in 2019 on PC, but the player population just dwindled. And so, oh, okay, like Among Us, yeah, uh, the co founders were ready to move on when uh their their moms stepped in and pushed them a little harder and inspired them to continue and like it's 2021 and this game has now reached uh a, a big boom in popularity so like congratulations to those uh develop developers and um you know the popularity of their games it has we been really cool fun yeah yeah uh give your mom a hug they they, <laughs> they did the right thing your game is pretty fun and here's to the gamer moms yeah, it uh, it's it's out there and it's 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 doing numbers. Cool. Yeah, that's cool. I will definitely have to uh, check it out. It is free, so uh, jump in anytime. I I, I think I've been like needing a good arena shooter because there's like just no um no big stakes with that really. It's the kind of game where um typically you like you run around for a minute, you shoot someone, and you get shot and that just happens on loop for like five minutes and it's a blast. You know, if right. you, if, if you, if you happen to, to, you know, be outwitted, then it's not that big a deal. Cause you're back in the game fairly quickly and um, everything moves so fast that it's not really something that you spend a whole lot of time reflecting on Like, oh, How did they get me? Um, it's just not that important. Most of the time it's just circumstantial. They ran up behind you. They had like a minor advantage. Um, it's not a big deal. So I find it like a very difficult game to get frustrated with most of the time. I'm just like, Oh, Oh geez, they got me. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's, it's been a very refreshing multiplayer experience because like it, it, there's, there's been a lot of like call of duty out there and battlefield. And right. um, I, I do like, I've never played halo, but I do like this kind of return to that form to the quick three arena form and um it's just uh it's just a, a solid good time and uh i think that i might not try ranked because i just don't care enough and i'm just gonna keep playing casual call me a casual gamer but i don't care it's fun yeah, Right.
0: cool yeah i mean you sold me i'm i'm in well all
1: right let's play splitgate this weekend sometime sounds good
0: sounds good want to move on to back for blood
1: I was thinking, uh, did you want to do Slay the Spire, and then I'll jump in the back for blood on the back half? We'll, like, oh, a sounds good, yeah. Bookend,
0: little sandwich, little Roman sandwich. Yeah. Sure. Give um, me
1: that. So,
0: uh, full disclosure, I'm playing Slay the Spire right now. Uh, oh. <laughs> this game rules. <laughs> I can't put it down. Um, I guess, but I, I feel like I should put it down right now, because I'm not going to be able to uh, focus otherwise. Um, so, Slay the Spire is a roguelike by Mega Crit. And uh I feel like there's like two kind there's two ways to talk about this game, like the micro and the macro. So the micro game is you have to ascend a tower uh and it's like three chapters, and you can see your the map at the start of each run, and you can choose your paths to a certain degree. And the rooms are represented by icons where you can see there's like a combat or a random event or a shop. Uh, a fire where you can rest, you know, etc. And each combat is a turn-based battle where you have cards that determine what you are going to do. And you have like a certain amount of energy, which is basically what uh, you can play, like how many cards you can play in your turn. You always can see what the enemy is going to do, whether that's an attack or put a, a debuff on you, they're going to buff themselves. And so you have to kind of be managing your attack and defense and, uh, Your block, which is your defense, with the exception of some cards or items you can get, uh, goes away at the end of each turn. So, you know, if you play 15 block, the start of your next turn, you're not going to have any block no matter how many times, you know, how much they attacked you. Mm -hmm. And then there are also potions, which just have like effects ranging from they do extra damage to they give you like a certain boost. And then artifacts, which do the same thing. So that's like the micro game. That is what you are going to be doing when you play the game. The sort of big picture is this game is a deck builder. And after every battle, you choose a new card to add to your hand and then you can buy new cards at shops. And that's really like it seems to me that's like the next level of the gameplay because I've put about, I think, 12 hours into it. Uh, I'm playing it on the Switch. It's like a perfect game for the Switch. Uh, you know, I, I think you'd have fun with it no matter where you play it, but it's it's so good to just pick up and play. And uh, something I've learned as far as like to give you an example of like sort of the, the thinking about the deck building aspect is I'm learning. It seems to be a common strategy is you want to get rid of the basic attack cards you get at the start of the game. So as you go through your run, you want to get rid of those, either replace them with better cards or just, you know, you can just pay at the shop to remove cards. And that seemed kind of counterintuitive to me at the start, but now that I've put some more time into the game... It makes sense because at a certain point, they're just filling up space in your deck and they aren't helping you that much in the end game. On top of that, there are four different characters that all have sort of a different way to play. There is the Ironclad, who is basically like the, the Mario of this game. Uh, there He's very balanced, uh, just basic attack and defense. Then there is the Silent, and it seems like her whole deal is poison and shivs. There's the Defect, and he's a robot. And his whole thing is really interesting. He, he was my favorite when I first started because he basically can channel orbs that are elemental orbs that do different things ranging from, you know, boosting your attack or defense or just giving you more energy. And you can also increase basically your inventory space for the orbs in combat. So you can just have a bunch of those suckers flying around. Uh, and then lastly, there is the Watcher, who the Watcher you unlock after you've beaten the game with any one of those characters. I haven't even touched her yet, uh, so I don't really know what her deal is. I have been trying to beat the game with the base three characters, and I have succeeded with the um, the defect as well as Ironclad, who our friend Billy in a text called him Iron Chad, and I don't know if that was a typo or what, but I really like that. I think it'll stick. Yeah, Iron Chad. He's great. He's awesome because uh, he, he seems very straightforward, but then once you kind of get You start thinking sort of higher level strategic gameplay. You can really mess some people up with him. Uh, I am kind of stuck right now on the silent, but I'm actually in the middle of a run right now that is uh, seems to be could be my best one yet. I think I am. I don't want to jinx myself, but I'm on act three, which is the last act of the game. So I'm getting up to the the final boss of this run and uh, it's going really well. I can't put this game down. Uh, It's so good. I don't remember the last... I mean, I guess technically King of Cards in our Shovel Knight episode was the last, <laughs> like, ca- deck-building card game I played. But uh, besides that, probably the Pokemon trading card game for Game Boy Color.
1: But this is built up from the ground as a deck-building car- like card game. So, right. like, I-, I feel like there's a big difference between that and uh, the... the- Um, King of Cards uh, Shovel Knight thing where like just like there's a lot of games out there that seem to put like a card game mini game into their RPG or whatever but like I feel like there's a big difference between that and having a game that's built from the ground up with cards in mind right.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I went into this game mostly blind. I got it just because I had heard enough people said it was amazing. And I, I we have some friends that have put like hundreds of hours into this game. So I was like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to get it. This this is going to sound so stupid. I know because I, I was for a while avoiding looking up even any sort of strategy guides or anything like I just wanted to play the game. And figure it out for myself. It didn't even occur to me until a few runs in. I was like, oh, this is a deck builder. (laughs) Like I need to be thinking as a deck builder, not just focusing on the turn to turn combat, which is also important. You need to be managing your, your defense and your offense, but you you really do need to be thinking big picture to start ascending further in the game. And something I like about it, uh, I suspect I'm not alone in this, but I've realized I really like roguelike games. Um, and the reason I suspect I'm not alone is because Hades was such a phenomenon just last year. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right. So this is the third one of these kinds of games I've played in a year. Uh, and like Hades, there is a progression system where uh, each character has like unlocks you can achieve. Uh, it basically, just as you play the game, you get a score. And once your run is over, either because you won or because you got killed, you your score is then put into a meter. And you get unlock you know, better cards, better items that you can get in your next run. Uh, And I think that helps a lot. We talked in a previous episode about Risk of Rain. And as much as I love Risk of Rain, that is kind of a thing outside of there are some like character specific unlocks you can get, uh, but they're really hard. And Risk of Rain is much more of a straightforward, old school roguelike, it seems, where you just have to play it. You know, you just have to like get kind of good at the game, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. Uh, and And not to say that that is not true for Slay the Spire or Hades, but I think having those progression systems helps provide like a meaningful sense of accomplishment
1: as you play. There's like something there too. Cause like having, having a little bit of like a, a cushion when, when you play through and then like losing some progress, but then also having something there to show. Right. And, uh,
0: you know, I slay the spire, like the best of these kinds of games is equal part luck and skill. Uh, you know, you might be playing awesome, but just the cards you're getting to add to your deck are not good. Uh, I, one strategy that I've seen a lot of people sort of champion for is actually deliberately having a smaller deck, but I, I actually kind of had that bite me in the butt because there are characters that give you debuffs in the form of cards in your deck that don't do anything. Uh, so they just mm. fill up space in your deck and then in your hand. And sometimes you can play them just to get rid of them. Other times you can't play them and they just stay in there. Cause eventually, as you can imagine, once you, your cards, you play go into a discard pile and then that gets reshuffled back into your draw pile. Uh, so having a small deck is not good for those types of enemies because you eventually might just get flush with these debuff cards that do literally nothing. Uh, likewise, having a huge deck is bad because like I was saying, you might just end up with a bunch of really bad, like do five damage kind of cards that like when you're fighting the final boss is, is nothing.
1: Would you describe it? has anything like a like a a real world card game of any sort like does it bring to mind anything like those
0: you know i was it's funny you ask that cuz i was just thinking about it today cuz my in-laws they play a lot of like tabletop games and like card games and it definitely reminds me of a tabletop game just in the fact of like sort of like uh item management like like it's not similar to Catan at all <laughs> but I got kind <laughs> of Catan vibes of like considering what I had in like my hand and what I needed to get rid of um I, not re- not really that I've played as far as a direct one to one I it, I was thinking it would be interesting to see if someone is making this a tabletop game uh I'd be curious to see how that works because you would need a lot of cards because <laughs> like there's like a lot of just like you can play a card to give yourself a new card, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? So you'd have to just right. have like probably a deck of 500 cards
1: <laughs> for like, OK, here's the cards you can add to your deck kind of a thing. Yeah, it'd probably be something like Magic the Gathering. I mean, the whole uh, initial description that you shared was sending me on flashbacks to, to Magic and um, just thinking about like deck sizes you don't want a deck too small because when you mm-hmm. run out of cards you you die um, which like in Magic the Gathering that's an entire tactic for for blue colored decks You a lot of them are based around milling so um, you just chain combos where the opponent has to discard you know a few cards in their deck and if you have a small one then you're gonna be dead fast uh, whereas having a big one, you know. You're just going to constantly searching for the cards that you want, and then hopefully, you know, if, if your shuffle is bad, then not only that, you have the odds of I have so many like, um, like, like bad cards in your deck as well because it's such a big deck. So there's a middle ground there to be found, but right. it can be challenging sometimes.
0: So it's been a, a very long time since I've played Magic, and I was a very. I only ever dipped my toe into it. When you run out of cards in that game, is that it? Like you're 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 out. Yeah,
1: yeah. If you if you do not have a card to draw, then you lose. Uh, okay. That, that's that's like the formal rule. So that's where there are uh, strategies for certain decks to uh, cause the opponent to to draw and discard cards, so that um, you can use that as a, an offensive tactic. Um, and so. Um, you know, in that case, too, this, is, is that how it would work in Slay the Spire? If you don't have anything to draw, what happens?
0: Your uh, discard pile gets shuffled back into your draw pile.
1: Okay, so it'll refresh.
0: Yeah, because some turns, uh, or some, some rounds, rather, can go for a very long time. So you may end up cycling through your whole deck a few times in a single fight. Uh, and, and something that is interesting, if you are so inclined to look it up, is people you know, really mess with the meta of this game and they find funny ways to do like infinite loops. And there's a thread I found on Reddit of some guy on a boss fight who was basically only ever it was like the he got caught in this infinite loop of the boss was giving itself a health regen and the character was chipping away just enough health where basically they killed them in a thousand turns or something crazy. Like it went (laughs) on for so long and it took hours. And so it's it's funny that, you know, I, I think it's cool that the game is like built like that and you can do that that is much like higher level gameplay than i'll probably ever achieve um i feel like i've really just today went galaxy brain because before we were recording this i was kind of looking up stuff because i was having a hard time with this uh silent character and uh she's cool because her whole thing is like you poison the enemies and you can also uh there's a card you can play to essentially summon shivs into your hand which are attack cards that do four damage but they cost zero energy so you can like you know if you do that right you can summon a bunch of those and just keep stabbing for no energy and just chipping away at health and then let the poison (laughs) do the rest uh but i was just having a hard time kind of figuring that out and i feel like just today it started clicking in place for me uh this is a game i see myself coming back to a lot because even once i finish it with all four of the characters. It just is such an easy game to like pick up and play around because it does feel like such like a, just a tabletop card game where you might just like, hey, you want to play a game of Uno? you know Just kind of play around to slay the Spire.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it has a lot of replayability to it as well because, I mean, even if you do complete a run with a character, you have other characters to jump into the game with. And then the roguelike nature of it, the deck building, I'm sure there's always something new that kind of jumps in, in, in your path and you're like, Oh, I'm gonna try that card out. Right. So, um, yeah. And if it's fast too like, if you can jump into a game and whether you want to like invest hours into a match or a minutes into it, you could play it practically anywhere.
0: Right. And, uh, this was, I think I may have said at the top developed by a studio called me- uh, Meta saying Yeah. Mega crit, excuse me. And this is their first game. So, uh I'm super curious to see where they go from here because uh they really knocked this one out of the park. It's super good and super accessible. Again, I don't play a lot of these kinds of games and I'm having a blast with it.
1: That's awesome. When you do uh lose a match, you in, in in since it's a roguelike, uh I don't know if you already went into it, but like what specifically do you lose? You have to start from the very beginning of the spire?
0: Yep. Yeah, you just get sent all the way back because every time you start, you know, depending on the character you pick, you will have the same base deck. So you'll have the same like 15 or so cards plus whatever the character's special ability is. And then uh, when you first start the run, you talk to a big whale who (laughs) uh, lets you choose uh, between two to four like buffs to help you out once you get started. Now that may go away once you unlock the like the, like play on like harder difficulty modes because there is also like a daily challenge mode where you play like just a a generated map um and then there is also this ascension mode I believe is what they call it where it's just like meant to be a little harder mm-hmm. haven't even gotten into those yet so you start with the same deck and then you will build and so that's the deck building is equal parts skill and luck that's where that comes in because you know you can have a strategy and know what you want to do but you at the end of every fight you are given an option of up to three cards to choose from. And so that's where you you might get like three terrible ones. <laughs> and it's like, well, either right. one I pick is bad. Um, But I have found I like having one or two in my deck that are uh bad because there are some like random event rooms where you may have to give up a card.
1: And giving up a good card is always just a like a pain. <laughs> right.
0: So just giving up one of these burner cards. And then there is also likewise, sometimes you can transform cards, which is when they just will take a card and turn it into something else could be better. could be worse, but gambling on that with a bad card, I'm already like, it doesn't matter. Like if, you know, I'm not, this is a burner card anyway. (laughs) This game is also on iOS for anyone who might be so inclined. And I, I think it would work fine on phones. Like I, I, this is the kind of game where I think you could absolutely play it on your phone and have a great time with it. I think you're going to be more comfortable playing it on like, you know, a PC or a console. But if someone wanted to get it on their phone, I don't think that's a bad call.
1: Yeah, if you can easily jump in and out, then like being able to play it on the go would be really fun, and also yeah. like huge because, um, if you like have a turn-based thing and you just you know do your turn, jump back into it maybe 15 minutes later or something like that, then um, it's a good game to take on the road. And I I do have it on Switch.
0: If anyone who's listening to this or perhaps listening to me at this very second uh wants to play it on my Switch through my account, uh, you know they they can do so. Whoever
1: that might be. I think somebody at Nintendo just had their like their ear twitch and, <laughs> and they're like, somebody's looking at circumventing so paying their video for games. things. <laughs> somebody's sharing. <laughs> you know what they yeah, say, awesome. sharing is
0: caring. I think you would like it a lot and I would be really curious to hear your thoughts on it. Uh, yeah, it's 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 really good. I will check it out. Yeah, uh as far as like sweet sour stuff goes I don't really have a, a sour for it that's a big first right if I had to score this game for like what it like it, for what it sets out to do it's like a 10 out of 10 like it it, it they made this roguelike card deck building game it's good <laughs> it, it, it achieves everything <laughs> it wanted to do for my personal enjoyment I would maybe bump it down to like a 9.5 and that's only because if like using my baseline for the year, which is Disco Elysium. If Disco Elysium is my 10 out of 10 is, is a 10 out of 10 for me. uh, Maybe this is too. I don't know. Now that as I'm saying it, I'm like, maybe this is a 10 out of 10. I don't know. Uh, I might have to update on that, but it's easily in the 9.5 range. If it's not a 10 out of 10, it's an extremely good game. And I don't really have like, I feel like the end is not really in sight (laughs) because I still have at least one more character to fully beat the game with. And then, you know, I don't want to super spoil it, but there's like, when you beat a run there's kind of like a dot 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 so i don't actually know what happens when it uh, on repeated completions
1: there's a possibility of a of a hidden ending or something to unlock once you've essentially done everything
0: right yeah there's like straight up there could be another half of the game i don't know i have no idea <laughs> So, uh, you know, I who knows? Maybe that's why we have some friends that have put hundreds of hours into it because I'm only playing the first half of the game right now.
1: Fair. And, and and along with that, like there's there's the additional modes like the ascension too. So, I mean, a, that added challenge probably does draw a lot of people's attention because honestly, like why 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 not go for the the extra the extra challenge?
0: Yeah, right. And and that's why like I said I've not been reading anything too much about the game. Uh, just because, you know, it's not that the story is that like insane or anything. Like it is very much a gameplay first kind of a thing. It's just, I, I don't want to have anything spoiled for me as far as surprises go in gameplay. It's also kind of like a perfect, the reason I say it's perfect on switch and I could see it being good on phones too, is cause it is definitely a game you need to focus on and think carefully, but it's also kind of a perfect like chill out game. You know what I mean? Like you can have mm-hmm. the TV on in the background while you play this thing.
1: Like listen to some music or something. Yes. And And I've done that as well. strategy.
0: Yeah. Maybe listen to a podcast. Like, I don't know, your two favorite friends who talk about video games. I don't know. Just spitball here.
1: Yeah. (laughs) um, (laughs) Yeah. I I do like that because I have been searching for a game where I can just kind of like listen to music because like there are some games that that works really well for some that don't. Yeah. like Phasmophobia and Dead by Daylight are two very like often played games in our group of friends and both of those games are terrible for like just right. listening <laughs> to tunes while you're playing because you you need sound. You got to know if the killer is near you in Dead by Daylight and if you can hear the skill check warning uh, before they uh, pop up and then in Phasmophobia you got to listen for that ghost and sometimes they make noise in far away rooms and if you don't hear it well then just gonna get hunted by the ghost over and over again until they catch you and give you a back massage so um that is always welcome i i think of like whenever i want to go back and replay a game uh that's like story or heavy atmosphere um i i just always have an issue with like even even if i'm like replaying resident evil which i've played like hundreds of times by now um, I I just don't want to turn on music or something in the background because like that atmosphere is everything. The music is right. beautiful, and uh, there's just always something there within the game itself that is uh, worth paying attention to, right? And uh, I I've been thinking Splitgate is my my new like music. Uh, game because I can just like turn on some tunes jump into it It's not a big deal that I can't hear footsteps if there is someone around me because it, it, it doesn't matter too much Um, but to have have a game where you could just like all right I'm gonna like watch tv while I play it. I'm gonna listen to music while I play it That's always a good thing to have
0: Right, and I actually just saw because I just happened to hop over to mega crits, uh twitter and Some of these characters are going to be featured. There's a game coming out. It was a kickstarter game Oh, it looks like it's in early access right now, called Fraymakers, which is essentially an indie Smash Brothers. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> That's wow. cool. I'm I'm really excited. I've I've often thought it would be cool if like in my head I was thinking if it was just Smash themselves, if they did a whole fighter pass that was just indie games. Uh but I'm I'm happy to see someone just stepped up and made it
1: themselves. I'm actually kind of surprised there aren't as many like indie fighter games in the vein of Smash. Um, but uh Honestly, if if they're starting, then I'm all for it. I'd love to see, you know, so there 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 are characters that definitely deserve to have their uh their arena punch, punch out game, um and 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 the you know, uh face up against the other indie titles. Why not? I'd originally texted you this as a joke, but you saw that Nickelodeon one, right? That they announced. Oh wait, Do they they legit have a Nickelodeon Smash Bros. now?
0: Yes, it's coming out. I think later this year uh it the i think the pos the potential funniest part of this is it looks like it could be good squidward can finally fight spongebob right well and and i i was reading a little bit about it and they are like making it for the casual audience as well as they have like competitive scenes in mind
1: oh my god yes (laughs)
0: and i guess like it's like a relatively small studio and nickelodeon approached them and nickelodeon kind of just let them do whatever they wanted oh fantastic Right. I'm sure Nickelodeon had some characters they wanted in, but like you see like a lot of like Ren and Stimpy and there's an all real monsters character. Helga Pataki from Hey Arnold is in it. <laughs> so like clearly this studio like had some characters they just wanted to put in and, and Nickelodeon seemed to be just like, yeah, it's fun. Like, Nigel Thornberry's
1: a character. They're going to get Tim Curry to come in and make noises. (laughs) Oh, beautiful. Yeah, I mean, you got to go for the deep cuts, too. Like, you know, what's currently on air on Nickelodeon, of course, is definitely going to be there. And then, like, the big ones are always definitely going to be there. But, like, you you get those deep cuts, and I think that's going to be the thing that draws more people in. It would be a blast to see those characters, you know, just just it out for you know like you said tim curry just making noises
0: right i and i do hope they have like voice acting not that like that's not super required like something like frame makers i could understand if they don't have voice acting but Mm -hmm. uh like something like a nickelodeon game i'm kind of like you need to have it you're nickelodeon
1: yeah having sound effects for like cartoon characters because those cartoons are also like half audio so if if Nickelodeon's uh, Smash Brothers did not have that, I think that'd be a huge miss. You got to have those silly cartoon sound effects.
0: And Mike, that was uh, basically all I had to say about Slay the Spire. Uh, I'd be super
1: curious to hear your thoughts if you play it. Yeah, I think I'll pick it up one of these days because I, I usually don't play like any deck based or card based games, but uh, I don't know that one sounds more interesting. So we'll talk about uh, Back for Blood now. Yes, let's do it. All right, I think. Um, out of the games we're talking about today this one might be the biggest um i got lucky enough to participate in i think it was the closed beta which is now an open beta uh as of today it is still open there's like another day or two left of open beta to play um but back for blood um Left for Dead Three. It's essentially just Left 4 Dead Three. <laughs> um, <laughs> if 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 you've played Left for Dead before, then the premise of this game is pretty simple. Um, you you already really know it, and it is uh, four player uh, side by side co op against uh, it's PVE uh, hordes of zombies and special infected, and you just gotta run through the the the, the world to get to the safe room. And then um, along the way, you'll have things to do. But uh, Back for Blood is actually really fun. Um, I've been playing it with our friend James quite a lot. Yeah, he gave me a, a code as well for the beta. So shout outs to James. Shout outs to James. Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty fun. And, and and like before, it it really is like a Left 4 Dead three. But uh, Valve isn't publishing this title. I believe uh, Warner Brothers Games is publishing this one. So. Um, it is spiritual successor rather than like a a true, uh, sequel, all new characters. Um, just a, a kind of like a new coat of paint on a a tried and true classic style of game. But, um, it does bring those games, I guess like left for dead two has been around for 12 years now. So, um, it really brings it up to up to speed to like modern styles of games where, um, gosh, there's like a huge variety of weapons to choose from. You'll every time you do a run in the game, you will encounter different sidearms, different uh, main weapons, attachments for those weapons. It's it's kind of complex in that sense. Where if if you like a very specific type of approach, you can always find a way to. Uh, build yourself that way. But then, uh, additionally, the game really does encourage you to experiment with other things and try other approaches because if you can't find a sniper rifle or if you can't find an assault rifle or a shotgun that is your go-to, then everything else is fairly competent still, but there is a huge variety to choose from, which is kind of fun. Um, All the weapons have like a very weighty feel to them and aiming through the iron sights or through scopes is very good. I really like using high zoom scopes with like uh, high powered pistols, like a desert Eagle or a revolver. It's kind of funny to, <laughs> right. to, to have like a, a big, big pistol with a big scope on it. Um, but then uh, one of the things that back for blood does that is new, and this is actually great picking up off of slay this wire is it has a card system in mm-hmm. the game. Um, there's like a deck builder as well, which the way that the cards work in back for blood is uh, At the start of every round there is a card that essentially benefits the infected um, You get some kind of modifier throughout the course of the game and every stage those modifiers stack so You know, in in one particular stage, you might have a card that thickens this mist or fog in the level, and it makes everything much harder to see. The mist card is really fun because it it just brings up the atmosphere a whole bunch. Um, It's very difficult to see, but gosh, you'll feel like you're in a horror film for sure. But then there are additional ones like enemies with armor or more ferocious enemies, Um, things like try to get through the level under a certain uh, period of time uh get through without setting off any alarms or get through without anybody becoming incapacitated for some kind of like monetary bonuses the cards also benefit you because at the beginning of each round you can draw from your deck that you built before jumping into a run different buffs for your character so for instance like Left for Dead, there is like a a little punch, a little bash that you can do when like you're reloading and zombies are barreling into your face. Well, you can you can shove them away. Well, one of the cards I like to play is one that turns that shove into a knife attack, and instead of just kind of annoying the zombies, it actually it actually outright kills them, um, which is a nice like little perk card to have. So, um, the cards give you a lot of leeway in addition to the weapons in choosing your approach, you know, kind of designing the strategy that you want to play as. So mine is one where I have that, that melee stab and then also I have a card that gives me two HP every time that I get a melee kill and that counts as a oh, melee nice. kill. So yeah, um, when I'm reloading a weapon, I can just kind of re- regenerate HP when zombies are just running towards me so that's like a nice little combo there and then there are a lot of uh they call them supply lines there are a lot of supply lines through which you you earn points through playing the game you use those points to purchase more cards and cosmetics and um Things like express yourself. They have sprays like the classic Half-Life game did. So they have like little graphics for that as well that you unlock through the supply lines. But the main draw is the cards. You can change the way that you play the game drastically with that card set. Would you say it's about the heart of the cards? It is about the heart of the cards, and you know the (laughs) zombies are trying to. To uh, you know, distract you from that. They don't want you to believe in the heart of the cards. The zombies think that that isn't a real thing, but they are wrong. <laughs> and then that's why the heart of the cards tells you to aim for the head because this is back for blood. But yeah, there's there and there are also like team buffs with the cards as well. So you can also build your deck in a way that, um, like as a support in, in a way you can uh, buff the whole team uh, rather than just yourself. Um, which is also a cool thing. This game is built a- around teamwork, whether you're playing the the, the PVE campaign or versus uh, game mode, which what I've seen so far in Back for Blood is the versus game mode, I think, is the least interesting part of the game so far, um, which it is like an eight-player, four-v-four, four-human-survivors, and four special infected go up against each other and just like the campaign there's the card deck system that gives you buffs um, and gives you more abilities to work with Um, but uh, from what I've read because I actually haven't played that mode myself yet James and I have been just knee deep in the campaign trying to get through that on higher difficulties but the versus mode is more like a like survive each wave in a single area type of game mode where uh, Infected just kind of rush at you and then other players play as the special and you don't really progress through a stage. You just kind of hunker down in one spot. Um, And from what I've heard, a lot of people will just kind of disconnect from the game if the first round does not go well for them, which is fun.
0: Yeah,
1: that sucks. <laughs> I'm a little less interested in trying that game mode out, and I've always kind of felt that, like, the Left 4 Dead style worked better as PvE. Um, though, I, if I remember right, I'm pretty sure Left 4 Dead 2 had the campaigns built so that you can play as the specials through the campaign, not through just those, like, standard uh, static maps. So I wonder if that will be a thing in the future. Will they you know include that functionality or will it just be those you know survive the waves in this one little spot uh type game mode which Mm. is kind of a step back i think it's it's an okay like having the versus mode is good you know I, i don't know if it's a matter of do they have to keep working on it to get it so that it works in the campaigns as well. But the way that it like it sounds to me it just doesn't sound appealing or as appealing as the campaign. The campaigns are very fun. Right. And uh Turtle Rock Studios have done, I think, a lot of good work to like reinvigorate the the whole like you, you essentially like run through a tunnel in Left for Dead, like whether it be uh, outdoors or through a series of buildings or whatever, but like you just kinda you're on a linear path Um, from one safe house to the next and in the course of that linear path there's usually not a whole lot to do besides just shoot zombies and back for blood they've added a few extra things there are like some areas with um, overgrowth of like infected flesh Mm -hmm. and you have to destroy these little like node pods to like do a thing or um, like there's one where you're in a house and it's all over the place. And until you destroy them, then the overgrowth on the front door doesn't, you know, go away. So you can't get through the front door until you destroy the pods, but then they also attract the horde naturally. Right. There's a really fun section where you have to use a howitzer gun to destroy a part of a wall and you have to load a shell into the barrel fire it unload it load a new one and uh, that was really fun because also you know loud noises draws the horde and a howitzer gun makes a big bang so <laughs> um, when you when you start that process you have to fire I think five rounds and uh, it takes a good second to unload and reload a new shell. So either like one person is dedicated to that task, or you're kind of naturally rotating between it, where someone picks up a shell, loads it, in, fires it, unloads it, and then like the next person is standing in line, kind of like an assembly right. line, <laughs> while
0: oh, that's cool. the
1: other players are trying to you know f- fight fight off the horde. Uh, it's kind of cool to see that like the interactability of objectives are changed up a little bit, and uh, they've they've put some new life into them and some creativity to them. Um, It makes them I think a lot more engaging and interesting than they were in Left 4 Dead. So it's like a neat evolution of that whole formula. Um, So as a beta, it's been pretty solid, really fun. I'm excited to see where this game goes when it is released. And then, and then also, I think my second favorite game mode is just shooting each other in the firing range of the lobby. Right, yeah. Which, which is, you know... Just playing you, Nerf. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We were just uh, queuing up and then just firing guns and see how they felt like, and then eventually we just pointed them at each other, naturally.
0: Which, speaking of Nerf, uh, did you see they announced, like, a Nerf... Uh, essentially call of duty where it's like the guns are very detailed nerf replicas, but they shoot energy
1: instead of the darts. I did not hear about that. Is is that official call of duty or is it just like there is a nerf? No, it's just a
0: nerf game. Their whole thing was, we wanted to make like a family friendly alternative to like, call of duty or you know Warzone, whatever you want to call it <laughs> i don't have a too strong of an opinion on it but i would say it is again very good timing with all this activision stuff coming up where i hope it's good i hope it's legitimately good like if this game plays like titanfall or something i'll be the first to be like the nerf game's good folks play the nerf game
1: it gives me big Chex quest vibes and honestly if there is a game that's like Chex quest that can dethrone call of duty then i'm all for it a nerf or whatever that actually kind of sounds fun. I agree. I would be curious to try it. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Always like looking for like interesting remixes of the FPS formula because it's just kind of like a lot of games are FPSs. Right. They're All multiplayer games and they all do the same thing. So when a game switches it up uh, that's a big deal.
0: Right. Yeah. So I have also played uh back for blood. Now I, I have not played it as much as you. It sounds like I've played it uh, twice. First time I played it by myself uh, and it was not, not fun. I just felt like I did not really understand what I was doing. You know, what was going on. And the second time I played it with James and it was a good time, but I have noticed, uh, it does not run very well on my machine. And, I don't know if that is because it's in beta, but James said he's had no problems, and it sounds like you haven't had much problems. I just get a lot of like stuttering, which isn't that bad, but in like an online game, that can you know be kind of detrimental. Yeah, and um, I did get kicked at the very end of a round uh, when we were playing the other day. Uh, and and so I don't know. I was originally thinking when this came out, I would get it on Game Pass because it's coming to Game Pass day one, and I thought like, oh, that could be perfect because it seems like the kind of game that. Uh, I might play in like cycles, you know, like every couple months, get it again, and then let my game Mm -hmm. pass subscription expire. Plus when I have game pass, I'll play a lot of the other stuff on that. Um, but to this game's credit, they are heavily leaning into, uh, advertising that they're doing cross play, which I think is good and should be the norm. So I'm kind of just wondering if I should get it on playstation because it's going to be guaranteed to run uh and then if playstation ever does get a discord app then like i'm golden you know because i can still play with all my friends
1: yeah i mean that's always an option too i've uh noticed the cross play and that's that's a welcome addition um more games should definitely be doing that and i'm glad that like those 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 gates have finally opened for us all and this will be a great game for that too because uh if if you know you're on a console and your friends are on pc then uh, jumping in hopefully will be like very clean and seamless and you can chat with each other all the same one of the things about back for blood i'm kind of curious about and, and I'm, 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 i want to see what they do with it is they there there will be i think battle pass and monetization yeah i want to talk about this built into the game it will be like a games as a service game and uh right now um it looks just like the points that you earn through playing the campaign or what you use to purchase all of the items in the supply lines um but uh i'm i'm curious to see on launch like how does that change what are the cosmetics like or will there be some sort of like pay to win type aspect because you could spend real money for cards maybe right. i don't know it's right now i'm not sure any of the details for the the monetization of the game i just know that it's coming and um i'm a little weary on like games as a service as a thing itself right especially when you have to pay like an
0: entry fee for the game
1: right yeah it'd be nice to just you know have a game we james and i did jump into like classic left for dead 2 to which i was i was a little disappointed he said that he 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 was kind of bored with it and i still found the charm in left for dead 2 and original left 4 dead but um it does play vastly different than back for blood and it is like i i think at its core a much more simple game like there's no aiming down iron sights and there's a a lot less uh weaponry and items to work with right um but like as a game it's still very solid and uh the the idea behind like that four player pve co-op action is still very good Mm -hmm. really hopeful that back four blood um is a like a really solid game right now it is um but um you know I, i hope that monetization isn't intrusive and annoying um, and I, I kind of wonder—I don't know how many campaigns are coming for with this game. Like, how much content is there? That's yeah. that's one thing I also want to know because the the main campaign that they do have running with the beta is pretty lengthy. Like, there's a lot of meat and potatoes to it. But um, I wonder how many of those, in addition, will come with the launch of the game in October.
0: Yeah, and I'm curious how much of that is going to be behind a paywall.
1: Right, yeah, will new campaigns be DLC and yeah, um, which isn't a bad idea, I think, you know, depending on how much that costs, but um you know, adding new characters or adding new maps, adding new cosmetics uh, it's kind of up in the air to see how those will be implemented and what it'll take to you know get those get access to those as players
0: right, I agree, I don't I don't think necessarily like a developer, being committed to supporting a game like that is, of course, not a bad thing. I'm just always weary when like DLC is announced before the game is even out. I'm like, OK. And it's like you said, it's just like that games as a service model that uh, is here to stay. Clearly, uh, it just gets a little tiresome. Um, I was interested to hear you bring up Left 4 Dead because uh, I, too, have Left 4 Dead. Of course, I, felt, <laughs> I got it when I got... Well, when I bought this PC off you, because it felt like that's just like a mandatory like game you should have on PC. Plus, it's it goes on sale for like two dollars, uh, like basically every other week. Uh, and I haven't played a lot of it, but I like it a lot. And so I would play it with you, bud, sometimes you wanted. Um, and I was curious how much left for a back for blood actually feels like an improvement of Left for Dead, because that was one thing I was wondering as I was playing it was I was like, I wonder if like this is just going to make people want to play left for dead again. <laughs> like just sort of go back to this game that so many people already own. Uh, I think of course having back for blood be supported post launch for what seems like it's going to be a decent length of time will be a compelling reason for people to stick around. Uh, I'm, I'm still personally, uh, very interested in Redfall. That's the arcane game that comes out next summer. It's like vampire left for dead. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I would be willing to bet they're paying pretty close attention to what Back for Blood is doing right now because I've seen Back for Blood getting some mixed reactions uh, from the gamers, and you know, you gotta take that with a grain of salt, of course, but I just think it makes sense for Redfall to be looking at this game going, oh, they're doing something very similar to what we're doing, like, let's take notes and see, like, what we should do differently or, uh, you know, what they did that's working that we can do as well.
1: Yeah, I think there's a definite, definite like, need for more multiplayer pve games um you know it's ever, ever since outbreak it has uh <laughs> it has definitely uh, consumed my thoughts like i just want to play um like one one solid pve co-op game
0: <laughs> yeah right which by um, the way how funny is it we still don't have that resident evil game i already forgot what it's it called.
1: is <laughs> it is hilarious actually let me check real quick now because uh the last time i went through my steam list um it, resident evil reverse is still in my my list but it's not yet available and i know that they announced i think it's coming out in 2022 now they did but but oh my gosh the the it, it just like they, they had a beta for this multiplayer game and okay it's coming with resident evil village um i I, I don't know. I don't know about reverse anymore. I I didn't know about it to begin with because um, it just didn't look like my speed at all. Um, but uh, I, I I don't even know if it's a real game anymore, to be completely honest. Right. with you, I, It doesn't sound like it.
0: <laughs> well, I think that maybe the one silver lining is um, I think perhaps they'll line up the launch with some like Resident Evil 8 DLC or something. Because they're gonna to have to do something to make it kind of relevant again, right? Because like they they, they missed the boat, clearly. Uh oh absolutely. Res, Resident Evil 8 was was huge when it came out and for a couple months online people were talking about it almost nonstop to the point where it like almost got tiresome, at least for me. And I, I mean I still love the game. It's if anything, that's just a testament to how successful the game was that people were so obsessed <laughs> with it. Uh but I just feel like now that they have to get that conversation started again and this multiplayer game alone is not going to do it. So maybe we'll get some like cool maybe like a DLC, even just an announcement or maybe a DLC launch and then it'll be like, "Oh, and Reverse is oh no, do."
1: Yeah, it'll be kind of like a fart in the wind, right? Yeah. Um I I am genuinely surprised. There you surprised. go, Colton Blade Runner again. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I am genu- genuinely surprised that um, for e3 2021 Capcom had just a very silly presentation as we discussed before but that that like PowerPoint slide talking about DLC for Resident Evil 8 um that they that they didn't plan or think about DLC at all for Resident Evil 8 um is just just very surprising to me because <laughs> with as much DLC as Resident Evil 7 contained, uh, I kind of figured that Capcom would be more than happy to do the same with Resident Evil 8, especially considering they added Mercenaries, like the perfect opportunity and vehicle for more DLC. Just like, you know, throw in some extra maps and characters and whatnot, and then boom, you've got like, you know, a couple packs that you can sell for a few bucks. There's some solid ideas for DLC, and it's it's just the bottom of the barrel scrapings. Right, right. That's like the easy, easy pickings. Instead, we got reverse but we didn't get reverse i I'm, my head hurts now but yeah i i'm, I'm a little surprised i didn't even consider dlc at all and they're just like oh wait maybe we should do that and then they whipped up that powerpoint slide right before they went live with their presentation classic capcom <laughs> <laughs> um but uh <laughs> back for blood um to segue back to that because um, we're, we're talking about zombies still um, I yeah I I'm, I'm really excited to play this game I think it's the kind of game that I, I I'm, I'm, I'm really on the fence it, it it's almost like a day one pickup but then um, I, I almost want to like wait a week or two after it comes out just to you know see what people think of it uh, on launch because I don't think any of the progression from the beta is going to carry over I I'm I I have no clue if if it will or not um or you know what will be available upon launch it's kind of far more vague what to expect on launch than with splitgate um but uh it just kind of feels like maybe wait a week uh see what people think of it and then if it's you know very positive if it has the same type of charm that Left for Dead had then it, I think it's an easy pick up like yeah uh, a definite easy co-op game to play with your friends, and a good one to to spend a lot of hours in. James and I have been trying our hardest to get through the campaign on the second highest difficulty, uh, veteran. Mm-hmm. We we we've beat the campaign, I think, twice or three times on Survivor now, and honestly, that game that 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 difficulty is kind of a cakewalk. Yeah, I've heard that because I've only tried veteran, and veteran is hard yeah Um, it's tough we we have hit a roadblock with that and part of that is simply having four people at once um because if you don't have four people then the people who are not being played are being played by bots and the bots are awful um just just the worst i i've had so many bots just like you're standing still you're shooting forwards and a bot like runs in front of you and you're like okay thank you <laughs> um, here's some here's some team damage uh, also you you just took like three bullets that zombies are supposed to take so why did well, okay okay <laughs> um, but um I I can't even imagine this game on nightmare difficulty it uh, veteran has been wrecking us uh consistently on one stage that I am struggling to think of what nightmare would even be like and if we can ever practice that um but um uh, so far we we're like halfway through the campaign and I'm kind of hopeful that we manage to finish one veteran run uh before the beta is over so we'll we'll see
0: cool yeah i uh, i'm definitely curious to try more i definitely want to play a few more rounds uh before the beta ends um and, and like i said i just it's just a matter of if it'll run okay on my
1: machine yeah maybe tinker around with some of those graphics settings and see see what uh. happens somehow i'm running this game f- at 4k um <laughs> and and like maximum graphics settings and it has been okay part of it feels like it runs really well because like they did that with left for dead and that ran on practically everything but i don't think they're using the source engine anymore i think this is all new from the ground up so um i i I don't know how well optimized it is and what what the requirements even are
0: yeah i see i have been tinkering with the graphic settings and it just doesn't seem to make any difference either way (laughs) it's almost like i'm like okay whatever um are, are you running wired or wireless
1: I am playing with a wired
0: keyboard and mouse. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant like your internet connection. Is it, are you wired in or are you wireless? Oh, I'm, I'm wireless internet. Okay. Same. Me too. And, and James thought maybe that could be the issue for me, but I, you know, I, I play everything wireless just about, and it seems to work fine. So, uh, I don't think it's that.
1: Yeah. It might just be struggling to run, um, for some other reason, I'm not sure.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, this this computer is... I mean, it's not old, old, but it's just old enough where I it wouldn't surprise me if like modern games, modern AAA games like this don't run as well, you know?
1: Yeah, there's always that opportunity. And I, uh, I'm i looking for the system requirements just because I'm curious. Um, it, it like runs on old stuff too. Hmm.
0: Maybe it is a beta thing. You know, maybe it is just they're still ironing out the kinks and, uh, you know maybe it will be worth yeah. trying game pass for a month when it comes out just to see how it runs and if worst case scenario i have the entire game pass library to <laughs> keep me occupied for that month
1: there there is the the nuance to pc gaming is that you know i've got this card and that processor and like these parts and for some reason this combination just isn't as you know well optimized as it is for this other combination of parts but you're right on ps5 it would be like guaranteed to work and um you wouldn't have that issue but you know we'll have to see maybe maybe on release it'll have some additional optimizing that would help
0: yeah um and that's one of the reasons i'm always going to have a soft spot for consoles yeah, yeah it's nice just they, to they plug and have play place. yeah plus i feel like i was thinking about this this is totally not related to back for blood now uh did I, I don't know why this popped in my head did you know anyone when you were like a freshman or sophomore in the dorms of college that had a gaming pc
1: Oh yeah, I I had one.
0: Oh, you did? How did that? Work? I did.
1: Um, using a gaming PC in our dorms was not easy because the desks were so right, tiny. That's
0: what I was thinking about. Um,
1: <laughs> I I going to college. That's when I I I got a laptop for the first time, and I I left my gaming PC at home for my first year. I don't actually. I don't think I brought my gaming PC until I moved off campus. Honestly, um, just be, just because it was like you're in your dorm and you know i don't know there was like a different weight to like having a a playstation or an xbox versus a a full gaming tower you know uh in in your dorm so i felt a little bit less comfortable having that there right
0: yeah and i just think too like uh the social aspect of a console is like so ideal for college
1: oh absolutely there was like there was there was something to leaving the door open, sitting down on the futon and, and playing some video games. And then someone just like, you know, walks by and says, hey, what's up? What are you up to? And then they come in and sit down and either like pick up the controller and join in or they just, you know, watch you play whatever like story based game. I think uh, when Arkham City launched, uh, we had like. We crammed at least twenty-five people into the tiny Chrysler dorms, awesome. <laughs> uh, to, to just just to watch that game for like a, a few hours because it had just launched and uh, everybody was curious about it. It was it was very funny. Yeah, it's like walk-in closet-sized dorm room for two people now has uh, a party going on within.
0: Yeah, I uh, going into college, all I had was my Wii, so my. Uh, Freshman roommates, younger sisters thought I was extremely cool. And they were right to think that. (laughs) Uh, And uh, so we were all about Brawl, which, you know, is the worst of the Smash Brothers games, but it still gets the job done. Uh, Oh, yeah. Because at that time, I don't know if it was Project M wasn't out yet or I just didn't have it because I I wasn't running Project M until the Reed Street house. And that was a good time. Uh, I actually bought my at the second like it's probably like second half of second semester of our freshman year i got a job at the sundial mm-hmm. and uh i worked just to get a ps3 and then i went and bought a ps3 and the two games i desperately wanted a ps3 for were <laughs> mortal Kombat versus dc universe and heavy rain and the guy at the store was like trying to say like oh you should get like this game and i forget it was like whatever like probably popular like shooting game was at the time and i was like no like heavy rain is like the reason i want to get a ps3 and the look he gave me uh at the time i thought was strange now uh he was right he was right to think that
1: <laughs> he was right to give me that look that is very funny um i'm scrolling through uh, just as an aside i'm scrolling through the steam uh store page right now and under players like you love uh resident evil reverse is just sitting there and <laughs> I, I i can't even play it that's funny. Um, <laughs> I I do remember. Um, gosh, when when I went to buy Bloodborne, um, I, I have I have a very interesting and fun experience with Bloodborne. As knowing that it was a hard game, I bought it brand new, went home, played it for like three hours. And immediately went back to the store and <laughs> traded it in for two <laughs> other games. Cause I was too hard within uh, a few months passed, and I could not like, like get rid of the itch to play that game. So I went to buy it again somewhere like the, the w- w- subconsciously the the, the way that you play that game just clicked in my head and I had to play it again. So I went back to GameStop and I bought it, but the, the guy at the counter was just so so hyped about that game Um, (laughs) and, and he was like yeah it's a good game like you just gotta stick with it I'm like yeah yeah I know yeah, I, I bought it before, and I brought it back, and I I kind of just figured out how to play it right. recently. Like Don't it, it tell clicked me. in my <laughs> it, it clicked in my head just now, you know. And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's so good." Like, oh, you know, keep trying. Whatever you do, just keep trying. You know, this is the kind of game. Like, yeah, I know what you're talking about, dude. Just give me the game, please. <laughs> <laughs>
0: do you remember C and C games?
1: I do. I, I love do. that store. Really, I, I, I real quickly want to say that, but that enthusiasm from that employee was uh, <laughs> was very fun. Like it was good energy. Oh yeah. I do like cnc games i i am not surprised i guess i got a little in trouble for releasing games a little early um yeah but that is uh that is one of the things everybody did love about them um get access to your game soon
0: right and from what i heard though they were like not the only person in town doing that (laughs) like straight up GameStop would do it and walmart would do it and so it was just like everyone in bg would like do that
1: (laughs) and then yeah i mean you get a small college town everybody's like looking for something to do on the weekend and like well hey instead of friday comes out thursday how's that
0: uh yeah i love cnc and then my sophomore year i lived on founders so like right across from cnc so i used to just like hop over there and like Browse around just like if I wanted to like kill some time, or I was trying to procrastinate before I went to class, or I was trying to not go to class.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you spend, easy place to like spend some time and yeah. see what they got. I I do remember my first ever like midnight re- launch release uh I, I ever attended was in Bowling Green for Borderlands Two at GameStop, and there was a line through the entire parking lot and. Oh. Uh, it was it was it was like oh wow this feels like a big deal and then I went home and I played Borderlands for like an hour and it was and I re- quickly realized I had class in the morning and I should probably go to bed um, and I was a little <laughs> bummed because I only played for like an hour.
0: Uh, I have a funny midnight release story. Do <laughs> with that oh, GameStop.
1: Uh, share with me.
0: Uh, so this would have been my last semester, uh, and I got. I pre-ordered Disney infinity 2, which we could do a whole episode on Disney infinity. Cause, uh, I still maintain that that game had potential. Um, but it is also the reason I will never do another toys to life game again. Cause I feel like I, I picked mine and it went under and I, I don't, I just am not interested in ever getting all those things again.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> but I, I had asked them if they, I could like pick it up at midnight and the guy on the phone was like, oh, I guess, sure. And I went there and it was also apparently the launch of some like it was either Madden or NHL. So there was a line full of people to the door and I recognized some of them. And the guy working the counter was actually a a student in the film program with me who knew me. And I went up to the counter and I was the only one there to pick up Disney Infinity. (laughs) And the guy behind the counter who knew me just laughed, like threw his head back and laughed because he was just like, yeah that makes sense and i remember just walking oh. out and this line of like 20 people just being like what the hell <laughs>
1: so I carry this big box <laughs> oh that's wonderful yeah, yeah i mean you imagine like pulling up to the call of duty midnight release and like i'm gonna i'm gonna get uh, golf with your friends right or yep. something like that you know i'm just like oh, what are you getting Yeah, uh, not this one not this game
0: right and i definitely don't regret it for what it's worth uh you know uh, if, if, if I had to make that same decision again, I would do that today.
1: I, I think it's fair too. Cause honestly, that is a good story as well. Like that is a, uh, that, that is a tale for the, you know, all time.
0: But anyway, if anyone wants to buy a bunch of Disney infinity stuff, let me know.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's still, still, you know, listed on Facebook market and eBay. And I mean, the listings aren't going anywhere.
0: Nope. Nope. It's uh, definitely never going to get the amiibo treatment of, yeah, uh it, it, we really could do a whole episode about Disney Infinity cuz it did feel like right when they were starting to get that game to like a spot
1: where it felt like a real video game they just pulled the plug cuz Disney is no longer interested in making games. And right around the time that like Amiibo were hitting too, like you said like it's no Amiibo but like it could have been, right? right? It, it or really that was the goal, I think all along. But uh you know, they just didn't see it through a sunk cost let's get rid of it
0: right and i think amiibo uh it it seems almost like backwards as far as the logic goes but i think the reason amiibo succeeded and continue to succeed is that they just embraced that they're uh, pointless (laughs) and they're cool little desk toys (laughs) Uh, because functionality wise i think amiibo offer less than even like the skylanders toys you know what i mean like it literally is just you can unlock some stuff in the game or uh, you can trade,
1: like, a character file. and <laughs>
0: Things like that like, really kind of not necessary. Or I guess, you know, in the case of the New Zelda, you can fast travel.
1: Yeah, that I, there, there are some uses of Amiibo that I find, like, really a nuisance. Yeah. Because, okay, now you're making me buy this, like, little plastic figure, but... It's like physical you know, DLC. To,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, just to,
1: like, access a thing that, like, I would have liked to just have in the menu. Like, they're, they're, Nintendo eventually will come out with a game that will have an amiibo just for like saving the game like oh yeah you can't you can't like save your run in this game you have to use the amiibo as a save memory card because uh innovation or something
0: yeah uh could you imagine if they could ever get away if they could ever find a way to get away with like making it so you can't use a used game or something unless you had the amiibo like yikes yeah i shouldn't have even said it to be honest yeah (laughs) i just materialized
1: that manifesting bad energy right there. Yeah. It's like anti consumerism at at its core.
0: Didn't you have a couple of amiibo because they like came with some of the Wii U games you got?
1: I did. I had the amiibo for Twilight Princess because yeah, it came with the uh, the package uh on Wii U. And um honestly I can't remember what happened to it. I either like <laughs> like sold it or it ended up somewhere. Like I don't think it left Bowling Green with me. Um but uh yeah, they, they did package a few games with it, which like the um the scarcity of the amiibo at its at like the very beginning was like the first thing that tipped me off to like, I'm not gonna enjoy this. This is yeah. not for me. I don't want to spend hours of my time like worrying whether or not Walmart or Meyer has like the one that I'm missing. Right. Um, yeah. I just can't I can't I can't do that. That's not fun nor i don't like there's there's also like no point to it i don't need a a shelf full of amiibo um or or whatever like the little doodads i feel should come naturally and and through other means than through uh hopelessly obsessing over whether or not they're in stock
0: right yeah i have exactly one and it's the one that they re-released or they released for the Link's awakening uh remake on switch uh, and I definitely don't regret it. I'm looking at him right now. He's, he's great. He just sits here on my desk. Uh, but that has been the only time I've ever been like compelled to like get one. Cause he, he does look exactly like he just popped out of the game and I was like, oh, that's awesome. Cause the whole game mm-hmm. has this sort of like action figure aesthetic anyway, uh, that I thought that was a good fit. I do think the Metroid dread ones look cool, but I, I don't need them. Like, I, I just don't, like I said, I did. I, I I did my thing. <laughs> I, I'm not interested in doing this again.
1: I think that the like at, at its like co- like very basic foundation, the Amiibo is kind of cool. Like, um, like you know, having merch for for your stuff is cool. and Nintendo has a lot of cool stuff that they could have merch for. And on, like, let's be real; these are like you know toys. But um, if Nintendo's going to make like actual physical toys, I don't think they should you know make them with false scarcity and try to like get them get all the nerds in a, a frenzy about whether or not they're in stock and whether or not they're, you know, in the the original box or whatever but definitely make them for for kids cuz the kids are going to want them and, you know, play with them and uh, you know, it's just it's it's just way nicer when you you, you know, you you make that and it's not about obsessing over whether it's in stock or in the box or w- all that, you know, collectors uh frenzy and it's just about having a toy to have fun with.
0: Right. Well, uh, this took a turn. Not a bad turn. It it did.
1: <laughs> we, we went in a very different direction, but I I, I kinda I kinda did. A little conversation. Yeah.
0: Oh, and I think that'll about do it for this one.
1: Yeah, I think um like my, my last thoughts on Splitgate and Back for Blood also I in my head i have been saying splitgate and slipgate and if i if i called this game slipgate at all then this is my uh, apology time apologies there it is um my final thoughts splitgate is really fun i played more of it with james last night and I think the only downside to that game is occasionally um, it kind of gets stuck on one game mode when you're playing and you're just like playing one game mode for like four or five rounds in a row. And I think it really benefits from shuffling it more often, Um, but still fast paced, really fun. Um, I'm, I'm kind of excited for it to exit beta and launch, especially since it'll be free. So I might stick with it. Might just have it for a fun 15 minute uh game here or there.
0: I'm going to download it right now.
1: Hell yeah. Um and then Back for Blood, I'm I'm really curious to see where they go with that. There's a lot of potential uh picking up the pieces from where Left for Dead 2 left them and carrying it on to uh you know, modern gaming in 2021. Uh hopefully the monetization of it won't be like intrusive or Like, um, in in a way, barring access to the game itself, um, I hope that there's a lot of content at launch to justify that sixty dollar price tag. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: um, because like the core game itself is very fun, it's a very fun game to play, and I'm very hopeful that there's a lot of it to play when it releases. Because when it does launch, if it's solid, I, I plan to pick it up and. Um I'd like to spend a few hours with it. So, nice. um hopeful that it is um, as good as it feels right now. Um and then yeah, those are my final thoughts on those.
0: My final thoughts on Slay the Spire are that it's good as hell and I really wish I could beat it with uh the silent, but I'll get it one of these days.
1: It is all in the heart of the cards. Heart of as the cards, baby. Uh
0: well, Michael, thank you again. This is a good one. Uh thanks everyone for listening as well Uh, we got something really special for you next week so super excited for that and we hope you'll stick around Uh, but Mike I don't want to keep you anymore I know you want to get back to listening to your favorite band uh, Split Knot so I will let you get to that and uh, thanks for listening everybody